This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to YouTube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us. Cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Stuck back for Arfield! What a Burley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the fire plays the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, 
Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kennan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice! And they have Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this midweek clash against Hull City in the Championship, obviously. A um, few things I need to touch on before we do get on to the Hull chat is obviously the embargo. It came out of nowhere, didn't it? And it's all a bit like, what the hell's going on? Like, what's, what, what even is the point? Um, but full credit to the club for the... I said full transparency on Twitter, but then a lot of people started saying well, it's not really full transparency, isn't it? Because it's just saying that we're late, so who knows what's in the accounts. But I'm one of them that is quietly confident that everything will be sorted uh, in a couple of weeks. But I guess we will see. If it is just late accounts, and I have no reason not to believe the club when they say that, then there should really be an issue. But I don't really... I know the AFL are trying to look like they're doing something, and they've done the same to Huddersfield as well today, or, or yesterday, whenever it was. Um, but what's the point in the transfer embargo? in March when the transfer window is shut and we're already top of the league um, and 99.99% going to win it anyway. But um, yeah, we'll see. And obviously an EFL transfer embargo isn't really going to affect us in the summer, barring an absolute miracle. Um, well, not miracle for us, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's all a bit much of a muchness, I think. Um, bit of a non-story, hopefully. Bit of a non-story. It seems like it's a bit of a non-story at the minute and it'll just sort of like go away uh, when the accounts are submitted, um, unless there's some illegal activity in the accounts, of course, but there's nothing to suggest that. Um, just get that disclaimer in there, uh, if anyone from the club's watching. Um, and Man City away this weekend as well. Um, obviously, 8,000 Burnley fans going. Got me tickets today. I'm looking forward to it. Those of you that follow my personal account on Twitter will know I'm taking my little lad to his first ever away game. I cannot wait. I think it might be a mistake taking him to that one um, because A, we'll probably get battered uh, and B, there's going to be 8,000 Burnley fans knowing my look. I'll, 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 I'll be sat next to some um, young lads who've been on the beer all day because it, it's, it's a day in Manchester, isn't it? It's a day in Manchester, so we'll see. Um, Parker, if you're watching this in the future, um, I hope it went well. Um, but um, I've, he's been on two games this season. Bristol City at home, where it was okay, but obviously because uh, everyone who watches the podcast will know Simon, I was sat in the disabled end with him, thanks to Simon, um, and there's loads of space behind him and stuff, and he was just running around, minding his own business, and then Reading at home when we scored in like the 100th minute to win it 2-1 or whatever it was, he was bawling his eyes out when that went in, um, so hopefully it's not Bedlam on Saturday. But anyway, let's get uh, chatting about the whole game. I've got a whole fan waiting in the wings. It is Ant, and he is from the To Hull and Back podcast. How you doing, mate? Oh, oh, Ant, are you there, buddy? There he is. I am. I'm still here. There he is. <laughs> it went a bit. It went. It went all dark. Then I thought, typical. Just as I'm bringing you in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, talk to me about your season so far, then, because you look at the league table, and uh, obviously we're in the WhatsApp group together. So I've I've seen a lot of stuff in there of how your season's gone and and the way that you feel about it. But for someone outside looking in, you look at the league table, you just think, Ah, Hull of fifteenth. You know they probably won't pose too much of a threat. But it's been kind of like your season's been in like a little bit up and down, and it due to injuries and a manager change. Yeah, it's been. A season of two halves, really. Um, mm. You know, we had we had a very very loud and busy summer transfer window. Um, I think you know we, we didn't really sign a lot of players domestically, which meant that we had a lot of players to try and bed into. Um, obviously, the how physical and demanding the English league is, and yeah. you know we were signing players that were already injured. So it, you know you're setting yourself up to fail in that sense. Um, 
the, the, the manager at the time, Avaladzi, um, finished last season strong. But, you know, where they're thinking, you know, this season he gets, you know, the players that he wants. Maybe we'll go to, you know, kick on from what we did last season and with a better squad and more attacking options that would be, you know, a, a lot more of a threat this season. Um, and that wasn't the case at all. We started very well. I mean, we I think we were first four or five games unbeaten, but the performances weren't great. You could tell something wasn't quite right. And then when we got injuries to a couple more key players like Tete and um, Aliar, uh, it just, you know, our form flew off a cliff. We just... Um, we were conceding two or three near enough every game. Had the worst defence in the country at one point, I think. Um, you know, you were going into every weekend just thinking it's going to be a rinse and repeat from the week before. We're going to concede early in the first half, be chasing the rest of the game and then concede another two in the second half and it was miserable. Um, obviously, he lost his job uh, prior to the Luton game on the Friday night, um, just after the international break, which was weird timing. Mm. Um, and then we had Andy Dawson in interim charge who sort of steadied the boat, brought some players back in from um, the dark. And then, um, obviously, we, we took our time um, and brought in Rosinia, who obviously knows the club, knows the area, um, has played for us before and probably our most successful period of, of, of our history. Um, and he's he's regarded as, you know, one of the most open, most promising young managers in football. Um, you know, he was very highly regarded at Derby. And he's shown in his small time here that he's done, well, he's, that he's got the ability to be a really good manager. You know, he's we've only lost four times since he's come in. Um, we look far better defensively. We're very organised, very structured. And, um, you know, our Achilles heel is putting the ball in the back of the net. But to be fair, you know, we had the worst defence in the country. So the fact that we've got, I think, the third best since he's come in shows how good a job he's done. Yep, fair enough. So what is, obviously, you mentioned uh, the early manager there. I always call him Shotter just because I can't seem to ever pronounce the the, the last name. Uh, and, and obviously, Rosanee has come in as well. Now, what's the difference then between, between Hull earlier in the season and Hull now, because I, I remember when you played at the turf, obviously it was 1-1. Um, it, admittedly, it was a time before that we had we had clicked, but I remember coming away from that thinking that you'd played quite well. Um, and we're kind of unlucky in the end not to win the match. So uh, what what's the difference between Hull then and Hull now? Um, we're hard to beat. Um, you know, we, we were we basically were rollovers um, earlier on in the season, and now we're, we're very... You know, we've gone from chaotic and uh, disorganised to very hardworking and re-energised. Um, you know, they yeah. throw their lives on the line. Um, you know, we're blocking shots left, right and centre. We, we we have a clear identity of playing. You know, the players understand their roles, what they're doing. Uh, whereas earlier on in the season, we were just, we were completely all over the shot and it showed in the amount of goals we conceded on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, at the moment, like I say, attacking-wise, we could probably be better. But with the amount of players we've got coming back from injury and losing to injury, there's just no consistency in the starting eleven. Um, but the back four has been superb. Um, whoever comes into it, like uh, Cyrus Christie and Jacob Greaves were the full-backs at one point, and now we've got Callum Elder and Louis Coyle because of injury. And Jacob Greaves was probably our best defender, is struggling to get into the team because Sean McLaughlin's now sort of taken his place in the back four, and he's been phenomenal alongside Jones. So um, it's it's more a case of now. Teams are really having to work hard to break us down, um, which obviously as fans, it's, it's great to see now because we're actually looking forward to games and you know, you're thinking if you can keep yourself in this game and nick a goal, um, then you've always got a chance to take something from the game. 
Yep, fair enough. Um, what are you playing for now at the minute then? Because like I said, you're on 15 points. Uh, sorry, you're in <laughs> a lot more than 15 points. You're in 15th on 46 points, so you're not going to go down, um, which I guess is a bit of a relief. I mean, I, I, I never thought you would go down, but I'm sure some fans earlier in the season when you were languishing down there a little bit were probably looking over the shoulders, but it's, it's not, not looking like you'll go down now, but probably a little bit too far from the playoffs. So is it a case of just seeing this season out now and hoping to push on next season and sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, because of the kind of start we had in the transfer window we had, um, vast majority of the fan base probably allowed ourselves to get a bit um, overzealous with what we could do this season. I mean, our owner's been very loud and vocal about that he wants to be in the Premier League within two or three years. Um, realistically, he was never going to do it in the first year. Um, but beginning of the season, if you'd have said to anybody, you know, that we'd have been in a, a safe mid-table position at one point sort of flirting with the playoffs, but then fall off towards the end. Every City fan would have been happy with that. You know, we, we, we were fighting relegation for the vast majority of last season. You know, we were in League One two years ago. So um, to, to be in a position now where we're comfortably in mid-table and got sort of a, a, a good base to build on next season, you know, I imagine the summer will be a bit of a squad trimming and um, getting in some players that Rosinia really wants to inc incorporate his play out from the back high energy style that he wants to bring. Um, so, you know, try and finish this season as high as we possibly can. You know, realistically, mm. we're not going to get the top six, but we're not going to go down either. So, you know, maybe it's time to experiment, chuck a couple of young players in here and there, uh, try out different formations, players in these positions and just go for it, really, because you haven't got any pressure. There's nothing really, you know, to lose. Um, yeah, sure. So maybe just play some free-flowing attacking football from the rest of the season and see what we can do. Yep, fair enough. What's your feeling on your form at the minute? Because just looking at your last six, it's a little bit up and down, isn't it? Because you've got a 1-1 mm. a, a, a draw at Coventry, which is a good result. Uh, a 2-0 home win against West Brom, which is a very good result. But then there's defeats to Bristol City and Norwich and 0-0 draws against Stoke and Preston. So it's like, it's a little bit up and down at the minute, isn't it? So do you feel like you're playing well or you're not playing as well as you could at the minute? Um, we, we our, our tendency at the minute is to start games poorly and then grow into it. Um, so I, I guess Rosini's challenge at the minute is to find out how to incorporate that um, that style later on in the game from the beginning. Um, I mean, we, we went on a long unbeaten run under Rosini for a bit, and then we lost a couple of players to injury, and we had we had um, you know uh, the, uh, uh, I think it was three or four games in a row where we didn't win, and we only scored something like one goal, um, and that kind of took us out the top six picture, and we lost too much ground. Um, but since then, we've kind of looked. Um, a lot better. I think the problem was, like we said, I mean, every club's had injury problems this season, but us with our wide men this season, we've had to play central midfield players on the wing, like Regan Slater, who's a very underrated player, but he's definitely better in the middle, has been playing out wide, for example. And when you're looking back at how we're trying to score, uh, struggle to score goals, it's probably because we're playing, you know, them that whole square pegging round hole yeah. kind of situation. And um, but But at the moment, like I say, it's, it's frustrating sometimes in an offensive sense because we can be so wasteful. I mean, the draw at Coventry, um, you know, they were probably the better side for the first 45, but then the second half was just, a, it was basically a tennis match. It was end-to-end. -end. And when we went 1-0 up, uh, kind of out the blue, we had two really good opportunities to get through on goal and put the game to bed. And you're thinking 2-0 up, we're probably going to see that out. And we don't put them chances away and then Coventry go up the other end and score. And really, that's been the story of our season that we've just been so wasteful. But every every team we play against, will punish you and we don't do that to teams so we need to sort of incorporate that ruthless edge to our game where mistakes from other teams or opportunities that we have we're putting them away um rather than watching it end up in the back of our net instead mm -hmm. 
Yep, fair enough. Um, any players that we should be watching out for? I remember earlier in the season being quite impressed with two fans. Obviously, you got the goal at Turf Moor. Yeah, uh, two fans. One of these players who, you know, we were told from Watford fans that, you know, he was a bit, he, he was lazy and um, mm. we weren't going to get much out of him work ethic wise. Um, I think he's been proving them wrong this season. You know, he scored four goals. I don't think he scored since the Sunderland game in December, but um, he's definitely shown a side to his game that people don't think he had. Uh, he's very creative. Um, and he, he can, he's definitely got an eye for a long ranger. Um, Oscar Estepinian, obviously our top scorer, he's on 13 goals. Yeah. Seems to score in patches. Um, you know, he, he doesn't score consistently. He scores for like four or five games in a row and then doesn't score for another eight. And But he's that kind of striker. But he scored against Coventry, so maybe now this is his run. So he's definitely one to keep an eye out. He's, he's, he's a poacher. He's not going to score a well. I mean, his Coventry one was okay, but most of his, I mean, 90% of his goals will be just, you know, tap-ins from the box. He's, he's, he's the right place, right right time kind of guy um and then uh pelkas greek international on the wing he's a very good player um but at the moment it's our centre-back pairing that are just phenomenal at the minute um jokerez you know probably one of the best strikers if not the best striker in the league at the minute um they managed to keep him quiet for 70 minutes barring the time where he got into the box and actually set up a goal but they kept him quiet for the vast majority of the game and those two together have been really really good this season uh and new keeper Cal- caldalo distribution wise helps us play out from the back a lot he's got very good dis- uh, distribution in, in terms of passing it out to the team and seems to command his box a lot better, comes out and collects crosses. So the back four are definitely going to be in for a busy time. So I'll probably keep your eye out on them, the back four and the goalkeeper, because they're going to have to be the ones that are, are keeping Burnley out. Yeah, they will be busy. Um, uh, well, presumably out of the way that we play. Um, any big injuries or suspensions that you've got at the minute? I know you've had a season blighted by injuries. Yeah, uh, who hasn't been injured for us this season? Um, ben, ben Tete. Um, has been, has been one of our most frustrating figures this season because he's very good and we've just not seen anything of him. So he started the season really well, then got a long-term injury, then came back um, against Sheffield United and got sent off. So he was off again for another three games. And he came back into the team and he scored against West Brom. And we're thinking, here we go, he's got a run now. And then he gets injured against Coventry, hamstring, and he's out for six weeks. Um, so that's been a frustrating one. Uh, we'll miss him and his hold-up play, especially against Burnley, where you know we're not going to have the majority of the ball and we need an outlet. Um, and then in terms of we, we've just got Aliara and Pelkas back from injury, so they're not 100% match sharp, um, but they're sort of back in the side now. Um, other than that, there's no real major absentees. Cyrus Christie is our first choice right back, usually. Um, he's out, um, very good attacking outlet on the right hand side, um, in terms of him being a fullback, especially. Got a few goals this season, one player of the month, and then got injured. Um, but other than that, it's more or less just sort of players, squad players that are in and out the side. I think in terms of starting 11, we're actually quite close to where we want to be. Um, Seri's come back and, um, yeah, Greaves is on the bench, he's not injured, so yeah, we, we should be okay. Yep, interesting. Um, thoughts on Burnley then? I always like to get the opposition fans' thoughts on Burnley, especially this season, because not because we're doing so well, because of how much we've changed on last mm. season. The, a lot of people will just say, oh, it's easy to win the league when you've spent X, Y and Z amount of money. Um, but when you look at some of the teams that have spent big in the past, it doesn't always work. And I think Vincent Companies have obviously done a very good job to get us playing in a certain way when it, and a completely opposite way. It was so embedded into us uh, for nine years on the dice. But what are your thoughts on Burnley, what they're doing this season? Yeah, I think it's um, one of those rare examples where a total shift in club philosophy has worked like immediately. I mean, like you say, 
you, you've been able to lure in some really good players, um, but you know other teams are in the same position as you in terms of parachute money and, and and being able to lure quality players in for this league, like your Norwiches and your Watfords, and they're not doing as good. So you know you've got to give credit to Vincent Company, who, who's not got much managerial experience. I think he was was he only at Anderlecht before this. Anderlecht, yeah, yeah. So you know he's he's coming into the league and he's basically adopting the Guardiola model and championship. And like you say, to go from what what was a, a Sean Dyche, you know, your old traditional four four two, be tough to beat, focus on your set pieces, direct football kind of, to um, your more ticky tacker, dominate possession, and just create mounts of chances. Uh, you've just you've, you you have to give him credit. I mean, you you fly in. You what is it? 13, 13 points clear at the top. Thirteen points clear of second. Seventeen points clear of third. There you go. So you, you essentially already won the title, and you've got ten games left. So yeah, you know you, you can't sit here and criticize anything that he's done. Um, and I mean, I, I, I think the fans that that complain about the spending don't realize that you know people, other teams will have spent similar and and in terms of haven't you actually not spent that much in terms of net spend I think in terms of that. net spend we're actually in profit yeah yeah well there you go so it's it, it's a good model isn't it and like you say if 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 it can work in the premier league uh and mm. you're playing at the top flight with a more attractive style of football it's going to be more entertaining for the fans um then you're going to be onto a real winner yeah that's the interesting one isn't it how are we going to adapt next year from having the ball 95% that well in most of the games 95% of the time to just mm. not having the ball that much it's uh, going to be interesting uh, to see how we get on next season um let's let's focus on the actual game itself then you mentioned earlier like you set up uh, in a certain way where you're hard to beat and your defenders at the minute and your goalkeepers doing very very well a few weeks ago we were frustrated at blackpool because they just simply parked the bus and refused to play any type of football whatsoever do you mm. think you'll do something like that or do you think you'll defend well but still try and get forward? No, we'll still try and get forward. Uh, Rosini has been very vocal in the fact that, you know, there's a style of play that he really wants to incorporate and whether or not this squad, squad of players that he currently has, whether that be fitness levels or players he's got available, um, can achieve that is another story. But he's certainly trying to get that footprint already on the squad ready for next season. Um, and probably evaluating who can and cannot adapt to it for next season. Because, I mean, with a full pre-season, we might be a different team next year because he, he wants to be high energy, press high, that kind of style. Um, but I think fitness-wise, from the shotter area, we weren't really um, up to scratch in that in, in, in that sense of things. So, no, we will be, um, you know, we've, we've got sort of a system off the ball and a system on the ball. So, when Bernie will... I would predict probably about 70, 80% of the ball, um, we will probably, uh, you know, go into... Um, a four with five in midfield kind of approach. The, the two wide men will drop back in to help support, um, which is going to be very important against Burnley. Um, but as soon as we get the ball, we're going to be looking to play it. You know, he, he really wants, he's very, very, very stubborn with his play out of the back system. You know, a lot of, a lot of fans aren't, a fan, you know, it's weird. It's, it's very yeah. divisive, isn't it, play out from the back football. Because um, if it's doing well, like you guys and Man City, I imagine, you know, they, they, they kind of really can't complain. But with us, because we've not quite, you know, got those heights or, or the calibre of player to do it. it. It can be sort of moaned at, but, you know, yeah. he's, he's going to do it. And he's told us he's going to keep doing it. Um, the players are going to have to learn. They have got better at it. Um, I'm confident with the with the ball at the feet at the back now. We've got ball-playing centre-halves that can do it. We've got wingers, uh, full-backs that like to push up. Um, so we will definitely try and hit you on the counter. But that's where we're better. We, we, we aren't very good at having the majority of the ball and trying to break the teams down. We're a lot better when we're breaking with pace and in numbers. So, you know, this is the kind of game, I mean, I, I always used to deliberate not going to the Burnley game on the calendar because we always lost 1-0 and played shocking. 
Um, but this is two completely different versions of our teams now, and it yeah. would be really interesting to see um, how Rosinia approaches this in in terms of uh, defending it. Because I don't think he'll park the bus. I think we'll just approach it like we have every other game for the last 19, 20 games. Yeah, it's interesting you said that as well about um, that style of play being divisive. And if you're doing well like Burnley or Man City, then you, you would expect that most fans would be on board. It's not the case. A lot of fans still criticise the goalkeeper. Really? Playing, but yeah, it's 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 a bit of a sort of a, what's it called? Like a civil war on the Burnley hashtag at the minute. Like, yeah, oh, it is with us shit. every week. I mean, yeah. you, you have like maybe one or two um, times where a pass is, is misplaced and it puts you under yeah. pressure and then... And then that's it. They, they, they jump on that like flies. But, you know, for, for 99, uh, 89 minutes of the game, it's worked fine. So there's been no issue with yeah. it. But, you know, like like Rosinia said, we're going to make mistakes in this style. He's, he's, he's well aware of that. But once the squad cracks that style, um, like you guys have, then you're going to have games where you literally hold the ball for so long that the other team have no offensive threat. I mean, Burnley are literally the blueprint for it this season, where... You, you, you have so much of the ball and create so many chances that even if you put 10% of your shots in the goal, you've scored three. So yeah. it, it, it's a style of player that's high risk, high reward. But once you crack it, like uh, like we say, like the Man Cities and Barcelonas and, I mean, Burnley in the same sentence as those two is a bit crazy. But hey, no, I enjoyed that. I did enjoy yeah, that yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> those, those teams that play that style of football, um, then... You know, it's it's uh, to be fair. I mean that the old four four two direct style would, would have been divisive too. A lot of people would have wanted, yeah. you know, a more attractive style. So it's it's always going to be contentious. Yeah, predictions then. Uh, how do you think this game is going to go in terms of scoreline, in terms of layout? Like, how do you think it's going to go? You know what? Um, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think if we had if we had something on the line, I'd be fearful. I mean, there there is still a little reservation in the back of my mind that this will be the first game that that we really get a thump in uh, under Rosinia because we've not, we've not had it under him yet. And Norwich was pretty bad, but that was 3-1 where this, I think, you know, this is in danger. If we concede early, it could be a really bad day. Um, but we are usually better against the sides we don't expect to be. And like I say, it suits us more when we're playing on the counter. So I, I, I think it'll be a close game. I think Burnley will have far too much for us in the end. Um, but I'd like to see us give it a good go. And I'm going to say... Um, I'm not going to go two negative with three. I'll say two one Burnley. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll definitely take that. Obviously, um, I, 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 I think same as you. I think it's going to be a close one because of how good you are defensively and how tight you can be. Um, but I do think ultimately, if we keep turning the screw and we keep the pressure up on yeah. you, I think eventually we'll have enough. That's the problem with Blackpool. We we just didn't really we weren't moving the ball quick enough as well as we can do. So if we fall into that trap you might get something because Blackpool frustrated yeah. us and, and you're a better side than Blackpool. So if they can do it, you can definitely do it. Um, but I do think I do think we'll have too much because um, there's been not many games this season where where we did play like we did at Blackpool. And even then, we could have still won it. Their goalkeeper got the man of the match, but we just weren't yeah. moving the ball quick enough and it was quite frustrating. But yeah, I, 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 I we're going to go 2-0 Burnley. Um, but um, yeah, I'll take 1-0 right now. Three points is three points and it's another step closer to the title, which could be wrapped up. I think someone said as early, someone worked it out. Uh, it can be done as early as April 1st, but that's it if everything goes our way, which it probably won't do. Um, but if it gets wrapped up against Middlesbrough or Sheffield United, which would play over Easter, I think that's a good statement, isn't it? Against one of the teams that was supposed to be chasing you uh, to then wrap it up there and then. But um, it doesn't matter. It's it's obviously happening at some point, isn't it? Uh, not yeah. to sound big-headed, but it's just, it's, just, it's just how it is at the minute. Um, thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good chat. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. No, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and your podcast and all your socials and things like that? 
Yeah, uh, so we're we're on uh, our main source is Twitter at Hull underscore and underscore back. Um, that that that's our main source of social media. But we're on Facebook as well. You can find us um, on audio. Um, our main episodes are audio um, on all your usual um, audio providers like Spotify, Apple, um, ones like that. Um, yeah. And we do a video as well, uh, so you can find us on YouTube. Uh, we we do tend to do opposition previews too. Um, but schedule-wise, it's been a bit tough the last few weeks. So we've not done many. Uh, we did yeah. one for Coventry, but we had one for Burnley. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we're hoping to launch a website next season too with written content. So, um, to become a bit more than just a podcast, we do a bit, you know, content of all kinds. So, yeah, yeah. Keep an eye out for us, and anybody who wants to follow or subscribe, feel free to do so. Yeah, definitely. Please go and check out Anthony's uh, his podcast. It meant, interesting, you mentioned website. I've obviously I've seen I've seen the stuff you've been putting in the in in the in the group. Obviously, I'm aware of the fact that you're trying to trying to get a website going it's something i've looked at over the last few months um so again if, if you're watching this and you want to help out give us a shout uh but and like i've said already thank you for coming on it's been a pleasure good luck for the rest of the season and next season if if because i think next season is going to be the one where you're where you're looking forward to most now and try and push on and maybe sneak into the playoffs depending on who you bring in the summer but it's been a pleasure chatting to you mate and good luck for the rest of the season yeah yeah thank you for having me on good luck in the premier league <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you sports social podcast network it's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.